0: all right we are, to we, are to we are ready to begin we are ready to begin we are ready to begin if you'd like to come in and find a seat We are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in, and find a seat. I'm calling this morning's lesson, Take a Step. Mark and the team gave an excellent introduction to this. In fact, I'm not even sure I need to preach. They they already preached it. There are three basic points to the sermon this morning. Number one, take a step. Number two, there's always a next step. Number three, what's your next step? There's a Chinese proverb that said, A journey of a thousand miles begins with what? A single step. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. If you have your Bibles this morning, open to Exodus chapter 14. This is the story of Moses and the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And some of you remember reading in the Old Testament or reading, uh, hearing Old Testament Bible stories about God's people being in slavery in Egypt. And not just a short time, being in slavery in Egypt for generations, for 400 years, being in slavery in Egypt. And through this time, they cry out to God. God hears their cries, and God begins to put into place this plan of leading them out of slavery in Egypt. And, and they go through this whole time of calling Moses to be a deliverer, to lead them out of Egypt to the Promised Land. And the Israelites begin this journey coming out of Egypt. And, and Exodus chapter 14 tells the this, tells this story of, and of, um, Exodus chapter 13, tell, tell this story of God leading his people, Moses leading his people out of Egypt, and they get to this spot just outside of Egypt at the Red Sea. And Exodus 14 says it like this. They, God's people get to the Red Sea, and they look back behind them, and they realize that the whole Egyptian army is coming behind them to take them back as slaves to Egypt again. So they were caught in that spot with the Red Sea on one hand and the Egyptian army on the other hand, and they were, they were caught And there's this interesting uh, discussion that the Israelites have with Moses and they they have with God. Uh, It says, uh, first of all, this verse that I have up here says, Exodus 14 and verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, and this is all the army of Egypt, drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And the Bible translation that I have, that I used here was, they feared greatly. And I don't know if you ever feared greatly before. That's like Bible ease for freaking out. <laughs> they feared greatly, the Bible says. And, and if you look in your, uh, in your Bibles a little bit further, the Bible says they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. And, and not only were they terrified and they cried out to the Lord, but they just started blaming everyone. And, and the very next verse, they start accusing Moses. And, you know, they were coming out of slavery, coming out of Egypt. And you can imagine them walking out of, out of Egypt just singing and dancing. We're no longer slaves. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're coming out of Egypt celebrating. Yeah, we're free. After 400 years of slavery, we're We're free. And they get to the Red Sea, and they see the Egyptian army behind them. And then all of a sudden, things change real fast. And, and if you have your Bibles, Exodus 14 and, and verse 11, they're saying to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? They wanted to stay in Egypt as slaves. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. The tune changed from celebration to, oh, we should have stayed back in Egypt as slaves. It would have been much better. How fickle people are. Aren't we pretty fickle sometimes? (laughs) We change real fast from celebration to total, total despair. And verse 13, Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians, this is a promise, the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again, ever. You will never see them again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. There's a a body of water right in front of us. Tell them to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea. And divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And the Bible says, verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. The waters were divided, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters being a wall, picture it, imagine it, a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. So God provided this tremendous miracle right in front of them, right in front of their eyes one that they celebrated and and for future generations that they, they sang about. But they had to take a step, didn't they? Someone, one brave person, had to be the first one to take that step into that canyon of water on both sides. And I don't know how deep it was, if it was as high as the ceiling, if it was 40 feet, if it was 60 or 100 feet, I don't know. But I could imagine stepping into there and looking up those walls of water on both sides and saying, I sure hope God keeps that water in place. Because <laughs> that water's right here. It's a wall right beside me. Look, there's a fish swimming right there beside me. I can see him swimming around in the wall of water right beside me. And I've got quite a long way to go, and I sure hope God keeps those walls of water in place. And they're walking through this, this canyon of water, dry land, dry land, but canyons of water on each side, walls of water on each side. A million or so people, plus all their cattle, all their animals, taking along. Someone had to be the brave soul to take that first, step. Each person had to take a deep breath and take that first step. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I trust God and I believe that God's going to keep those walls of water in place and step forward between those walls of water. And God was teaching his people that they had to trust him. And that they had to take a step of faith. And that wasn't the end of the story, was it? Because they were getting through, they were getting through that canyon, and some people started looking back. And what did they see? The Egyptian army was coming right through that canyon of water, too. And the Egyptian army was saying, hey, this is dry land, this is dry ground, they're down there, this is the shortest distance, let's go. And they were charging right through on dry land through the middle of the Red Sea as well. And, of course, you read the story, you know that God begins fighting against the Egyptians. And and the Bible says that God began fighting against them so that they got confused, so that their chariots started not working well. And finally, when all the Israelites are through, what happens? Those walls of water do come down, don't they? And guess what? God had promised that you would never see these Egyptians again. They never saw them again, ever, because they all died in the midst of the Red Sea. God was teaching his people that they had to trust him and that they had to take what? A step of faith. They had to take a step of faith to move forward. They had to take a step. Fast forward 40 years. Because with any journey, the Israelites learned a lot of lessons. They learned who God was. In the in the 40 years in the desert, they learned he had standards for them to follow. In 40 years in the desert, they learned there were consequences for their disobedience. And they got punished all sorts of ways because they didn't obey God. And they learned they had enemies to fight and they learned they had obstacles to overcome. And they learned they had to trust God for simple things like everyday food and and everyday water. And the Bible says for 6 days of the week God provided for them so that all they had to do was was step outside their tents and there was manna on the ground for them to pick up. And that was that was what they ate. And God provided water in the desert. And this was just wasn't a little bit of water. I mean, there were over a million people, plus all their livestock. It was a lot of water that God had to provide. The Bible says, for 40 years, they traveled through the wilderness. Their shoes never wore out. I'd like to find shoes like that today. Their clothes never wore out. I guess fashions didn't change that much back then. I'm not sure. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. God provided water for them. God provided meat for them. God provided manna for them. God provided for them. And what was supposed to be a two-week journey turned into a 40-year journey because they decided not to listen and have faith in God. And everyone except for Joshua and Caleb, none of the adults who left Egypt made it to the Promised Land. All the adults who came out of Egypt died and were buried in the desert because of their disobedience except for Joshua and Caleb. And so 40 years after this journey begins, 40 years after that Red Sea, they Come finally to the promised land. Even Moses, their leader, didn't even make it into the promised land. And we get to this this spot where finally, finally, after 40 years, they're going to come into the promised land and... Sorry. That that was the picture of the Red Sea from someone who was there. God. (laughs) God was teaching His people they had to trust Him and take a step of faith. I'm behind. We come to Joshua chapter three. Forty years later, and Joshua chapter three said, "When the people, so when the people set up from their tents to pass over Jordan, now they have another obstacle to get into the Promised Land. There's this river. There's this Jordan River that's that's uh, preventing them from coming into the the Promised Land." And so it's like, all right, how are we going to cross this Jordan River? We have another obstacle. So when the people set up from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark, which was like this sacred chest God commanded them to to build, this, this Ark, this chest had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, God does another miracle. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away. So God stops the river, takes all the water that was flowing in the river, and makes a a big pile of water way upstream. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Maybe it looks something like that. So God shuts down the Jordan River, and they cross into Canaan on dry ground. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We heard about this kind of thing happening before, didn't we? In fact, I could imagine some of the Israelites saying, We heard about this before. Our parents told us about that with the Red Sea. We did this before. Why do we have to do this again? Because when you are following God, there's always a next step. And I want you to get that. When you are following God, there's always a next step of faith. There are always more seas and rivers to cross, aren't there? There's always another race to run. There's always another lesson to learn. For them back there and for us here today, there's always another river to cross, always another lesson to learn. There are always more battles to fight. There are always more giants to battle and giants to kill. And so the second point is take another step of faith. Take another step because one step isn't enough. You need to take another step. There's always a next step. And I think sometimes Christians get tired. Christians get disillusioned. Christians get lazy and we say, we've stepped and we've moved and we've traveled and we've fought enough and now I'm tired I'm finished. I'm just going to stop and quit. Let someone else do all that stuff. Or we say, God doesn't have anything else for me to do. Or we say, I just don't have the human strength to do it anymore. And you know what? You're right. You don't have the human strength to do what God calls you to do. Is that right? You need God's strength and God's power to do what he calls you to do. I believe some Christians say, I This is it. I'm arrived. I'm as good as it gets. I don't think God needs to change me anymore. That's dangerous. Or I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too poor. I lack education. I lack money. I lack experience. I lack opportunities. All the cards are stacked against me. So there's no way I can do anything for God There's no way that I can do anything that he's calling me to do. I believe that God is calling each one of us to take another step of faith in some way or another. Mark and his team showed that very clearly this morning. And one of my heroes in the Bible is this guy by the name of Caleb. Joshua chapter 14. Caleb Joshua chapter 14 and and Caleb had been promised by Moses that that he could have a certain portion of land when they come into the promised land. And Caleb was busy helping everyone else get their land and finally Caleb comes in and says to Joshua, "Okay, now it's it's my turn. Now it's my turn to get the land that God promised me." Joshua 14 Caleb is speaking, and Caleb is saying, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back an honest and accurate report. And here I am today, 85 years old, and I'm as strong as I was the day Moses sent me out. I'm as strong as ever in battle, whether coming or going, so give me this hill country that God promised me, You yourself heard the report that the Anakim, the Anakim were were giants. They were huge people, powerful people. You yourself heard the report that the Anakim were there with their great fortress cities. And if God goes with me, I'm going to drive them out just as God said. 85 years old. Yeah. I mean, it was like this 85-year-old Rambo of a man, just as strong at 85 as he was at 40. He's a great man of faith. He knew that with God, he could do anything, and he wasn't afraid. He was going to step out. He was going to take his next step. Caleb had come out of Egypt. Caleb had walked through the Red Sea. Caleb had lived through 40 years in the wilderness where almost everyone else of his generation died and was buried there. And Caleb had got to the end of that and walked through the Jordan River. And Caleb saw the city of Jericho with its great walls just collapsed to the ground because the Israelites marched around it, and they did what? Shouted. All they had to do was obey God, march around, and shout, and the walls fell down. You think you're too old? Caleb was 85 and still as strong and courageous, ready to fight giants as when he was 40. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul was talking about this righteousness that comes from from God through Jesus. And he says, not that I've already obtained this or that I'm already perfect, but I press on. Say, press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul here compares living your Christian life to running a race. Anyone ever run a race? I found lately that that there's an actual if you look in the dictionary you can see the definition of walking and you can see the definition of running did you ever see these before so the definition of run of walking is moving forward <laughs> on your feet where one foot is always in contact with the ground that's really profound isn't it <laughs> Walking and one foot is always in contact with the ground. But the definition of running, on the other hand, is different, isn't it? Because it's moving forward on your feet in which, for just an instant, both feet are off the ground. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So walking, running, but they all involve taking steps. And Paul here is, is these, two ver- these three verses are filled with verbs. They're filled with action words. Paul loved to use action words. Press on. I'm going to press on. I press on. I'm going to forget what lies behind. And all of us most likely have stuff behind that needs to be forgotten, that has been covered by the blood of Jesus, and needs to stay back there, right? Forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what's ahead, Paul says, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing on toward the goal. Paul says, why do we live Christian lives that obey God? Because Jesus has made us his own. He bought us with his blood. He bought us with his life. Why do we keep going? Because we haven't arrived yet. We haven't got to the goal yet. So thirdly this morning, what's your next step? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the same place that I was a year ago. And a year from now, I don't want to be in this place where I am now. I want to have moved on. I want to take some more steps. And, and if I'm in the same place, then I'm just stuck or I'm going around in circles. So what has God taught you in the last year? What has God taught me in the last year? In what ways have I grown closer to God? In what ways have I stepped out to obey Him in brand new ways? Some of you are saying, look, I can't really think of some great thing God's calling me to do. Some of you are saying, I don't think God's calling me as a missionary to unreached tribes in South America. I don't think God's calling me to preach at at mass crusades to thousands of people. Maybe he is. But I believe the size of the step is not nearly as important as you hearing God and taking a step of obedience. Because crossing the Red Sea, crossing the Jordan, started with one person taking one step. Didn't have to be a huge step. It was just a step forward. Was it logical to go through the sea or the river that way? No. Did it make sense? No. Had anyone ever done anything like this before? No. But God said to do it, and we take a step of obeying what God says to do. A step for some of you may be choosing to be a follower of Jesus for the first time. And you know what? That's the most important decision of your life because it it directly impacts your life now, and it, it impacts where you spend eternity. Because we know that Jesus died for our sins to be forgiven. And I want you to notice as you read your Bible, especially as you read your Old Testament, and then look at Jesus and look at the New Testament, that that lots of the, the physical things that happened in the Old Testament translate into spiritual truths in the New Testament. What's that mean? So, for example, God's people were slaves in Egypt. Physical fact, physical truth. And so in the New Testament, that could mean Egypt for us means being lost, far from God, being slaves to sin, being slaves to Satan. And God, in Egypt, God poured out these ten terrible plagues of judgment on Egypt. Each plague bringing horrible condemnation on egypt and the 10th plague being the death of every firstborn person and animal in the whole land every firstborn of egypt died in that 10th plague but god told the israelites this plague is coming and you need to get ready you'll be protected from this 10th plague the death of the firstborn if You take a lamb and you kill it and take some of the blood of that lamb and you put it on the doorpost, the top and the sides of your house. You put that blood on the doorposts of your house. And that tenth plague was the final straw for the Egyptians. They told the Israelites, get out of here or we're all going to die. Get out of here. Leave now. We don't care if you're slaves or not. We, We just want rid of you. You're free. Just go. truth of physical things that happened in the old testament in the new testament what's the spiritual truth jesus is our sacrificial lamb jesus is our passover lamb and when we apply his blood not to our doorposts but our to our lives we are set free aren't we we're set free we're no longer slaves we are set free from sin, we're set free from guilt, we're set free from shame. we're no longer slaves. We're come out of come out of Egypt and and because of Jesus, we're set free. So a next step for some of you is becoming a, a follower of Jesus. A, a next step for some of you may be asking the Holy Spirit to come in and fill you with his presence and power and gifts because whenever God, asks us to take a step, He provides a way for that step to happen. When God told His people to stop whining and cross the Red Sea, what did He do? He opened up a path so they could do it. When God told His people to cross the Jordan River, He piled up the whole river upstream so they could do it. When God asks you to take a step, when God asks you to run a race, He gives you the strength to finish well. If you say you don't have the strength to do anything, you're right. God, the Holy Spirit, fills us with his power and strength to do what he calls us to do. So some of you may need to be asking, Holy Spirit, give me the power and strength to do what you call me to do. Or another step for some of you may be being baptized in water as a public declaration that you now are a follower of Jesus. And again, we go back to Exodus at the Red Sea where God opens up the sea, they go down under the water, and they walk through, and all the power of Egypt pursues them, and God breaks the power of Egypt by drowning them all in the Red Sea. And after the Red Sea, they were completely free from Egypt. Egypt represents the power of of sin, and so baptism in water, as when you go down under the water and God breaks the power of sin in your life, and you come out of baptism, waters freed from the power of sin, just like the Israelites going through the Red Sea. Or a step may be starting to, just starting to pray and read God's word on a regular basis. Or a step for you may be giving financially to the church for the first time. Or a step may be praying for someone to be healed laying hands on someone and praying that God would heal someone or or praying for a miracle in someone's life. Or a step may be just mentoring and serving or encouraging someone else. A step for you may be being part of a small group or helping a new small group get started. A step may be obeying God and helping to plant a new church. So as we started this morning, we're going to, Close this morning by asking God, what are you saying to us? What do you want me to do? I just invite you to stand with me this morning. We're gonna pray. Mark, if you come. We're gonna have a time of prayer here this morning, and I just encourage you, not only today, but this week, to come into God's presence. Take take a few minutes, take it, take some time this week and say, God, what What is my next step? What are you calling me to? So, Lord, I bless this church family today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you provide the power for us to obey you. Thank you, Lord, that your blood covers all of our sins that your blood sets us free by the power of God through the sacrifice of Jesus our Passover lamb on the cross we are forgiven, we are healed, we are set free, the curse of sin is broken and Lord we celebrate that today in the name of Jesus that we are set free Lord, I pray over this church family today that we would move and walk and run in the freedom of spirit that you've given us. That we are your sons and daughters. We're not orphans. We are your sons and daughters. We're called into the family of God. We are loved and accepted. Lord, thank you that you call us your children. Thank you that you call us sons and daughters. Thank you that you have applied the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of our hearts so that the curse of sin is broken in our lives and we can be set free, we can walk in freedom in the name of Jesus. So Lord, today I pray that you would speak to us about the next steps Lord, help us to put away excuses. Help us to put away ungodly attitudes in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let us move ahead as a church. Let us move ahead as families. Let us move ahead as individuals in obedience in what you're calling us to do. Lord, I pray for open hearts. I pray for open minds. I pray for open ears to hear and receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, may we know what you're saying. Lord, may we step out in obedience. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. We'd like to be here to pray with you and agree with you in prayer this morning for whatever is in in your life. I'd like to ask our prayer ministers to come. We'll be here at the front to pray with you and agree with you. Father, I bless this church as we go from here. Lord, let us be the church each day, this week. Not just go to church. Let us be the church in every situation, every location, every place we are. Let us be your church. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray with you this morning.